we hear the myth is, is that women can have it all. So what I understand, Shireen, is that you have, in addition to running what, or a con like converted multiple professions, three children, a robust uh, career that is taking on and being seen physically in multiple geographies of, as, in, in addition to uh, the, uh, the, the, the internet, right? Which is, that has no location. Um, tell us a little bit about that, about having, well, no, don't tell us about having it all. Tell, you know, you know, comment or give me some feedback on that. Yeah. Okay. So the whole like having it all thing, I, I think it's sort of a little bit ridiculous. It's, it's not that straightforward. Um, and it's also going with the presumption that, oh, and men have it all. So therefore women are trying to have it all. Um, it's not that straightforward and it's life is messy. Um, things don't happen, you know, in a night neat, neat bow where I'm like, okay, yep. Finally, I have it all. It's all good. Everything's done. You know, right. uh, life is messy. Uh, this morning I was hoping to, uh, you know, go work out and shower before the interview and be all ready. But you know what? No, I didn't because it was crazy hair day at my kid's camp. And I spent like half an hour fixing their hair into crazy hairdos. And here I am, look, I'm in my pajamas. So, you know, I'm showered clearly. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. If you could smell me, you would know I haven't showered. So, um, I did brush my hair beforehand, but so, um, but yeah, you know what, there's a, there's a facade that we can put out there and we put on our, we, we put our best foot forward. We put on a, um, a smiley face and, you know, as long as we feel like we are true to ourselves and, um, in a sort of mentally good place, I think it, you know, it's, yes, I have it all because I'm, I'm feeling good about where I am and what I'm doing. And in that sense, that's what makes me feel like I have it all. Oh, that's great. And where are you at? You, as you said, I'm really happy where I'm at. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I feel like where I'm at and where, what is for me, like a happy place is that I have a lot of balance in my life in that I'm doing my career. I'm running my own business. I have three kids and, you know, wonderful relationships with my kids. Um, I have a, you know, solid marriage. My husband and I are, are very close and there's a lot of stability there and love and support. And, um, and my business is, is moving forward that I'm getting new clients and more projects and it's, it's moving in the right direction. I mean, is it where exactly where I want to be? And I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm happy. And no, of course not. Like I, I'm in a constant pursuit and that pursuit is business and professionally, but it's also even, you know, with the family and that, you know, it's not like, okay, my kids love me. I'm done. No, it's <laughs> every day. It's like, there's new challenges and new struggles and you just keep, keep working and overcoming them. And, and, and it, it really is amazing that you're doing, Larry, if you're an interview, you're an interview, you have three kids and I'm sure you get interrupted all the time. Well, I'm going to interrupt us all. We're having, I just want to clarify, Mad Creative is a conversation. Yes. That right? We're, you're, Shireen, you are not being interviewed. Exactly. Oh, right. okay. This isn't, yeah. This no, isn't. we're not interviewing you. We really want to participate with you. We want to adore, love, and hug your creativity and try to mix it up with, with ours so that, you know, feel free to ask us questions as it relates to some things that might be, you know, triggered for you. Oh, I well, wish we were in person, Layden. I want to hug you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a hugger. I'm a big hugger. I got that. I got that. It came out. It came out. We're going to take a quick time out here. The 
we are going to introduce Shireen to Mad. We this is Mad Creative. Uh, these are conversations about creativity. What gets you? What are the challenges? What gets you off on your creativity? What are you know? What are what are what does your tribe look like even? And we're going to talk about that with Shireen because she is an amazing networker, amazing to you know person who likes to. And she has no fear of being seen. Um, she, Shireen, is a motion design, motion at design animator, and designer. Uh, designer, and she is an amazing storyteller, beautiful illustrator, and her real one of her su superpowers is that she has been in the music industry before. And if you listen to her work and you listen to her animations, the sound is spectacular. I always, I've always told Shireen that I just sort of really get what she's doing with sound and um i think it's you know it's probably an often overlooked part of your work it is yes first of all welcome um thank you so much for your welcome and, and for being here um yes that is very true it is very overlooked but you know what when you get the unicorns who come into my life i just recently got a client who connected with me and she's like your sound quality is amazing and I want to work with you because your animations are great. And that's really what I need. But the fact that you're having that extra layer of awesomeness on there, I was like, yeah. And I was like, I want to work with someone who noticed that. Right. So she, right, you know, right. It was great. Well, I have a question about that. And I think, you know, the word that came up for me were, was, were receptors, right? Like everyone has different receptors. Do you know what I mean? And like, totally. so, you know, as a, as a, as a motion designer or graph, right? Yeah. So, motion designer. Motion designer, I think we're trying to, it's coming out, our tongues are all tied because we know what an animator is. And actually, Mike, I have a, I have a family member who's a lighting animator. Oh, for, for theater and for, shows? For, for films. Oh, for, for, for films, for films. For so, for Yeah, so that's a whole other thing. Anyway, sidebar. So but my question to you is, as someone who supplies a kind of a product, right, to for clients, like how do you... How is your creativity balanced between like kind of defining their receptors? You know what I mean? Like how, you know, playing that, like identifying what a client might need, you know, because I think I, I relate to you a little bit more than just say, saying being a pure artist who just kind of works in the studio and sells the results versus a, a kind of back and forth with a client. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when... If, if, if someone is asking me, okay, here's, you know, the visual story that I want to tell, you know, I would just put the oral um, storytelling along with that. I mean, are they going to specifically say to me, like, I really want there to be like this sound effect that makes me feel like this. Like they're, they're not going to necessarily verbalize it that way, but I, they're going to, you know, say to me, well, I want, you know, maybe somebody watching this video to feel excited about, you know, donating or excited about our story and, you know, come to the event or, you know, any, any whatever sort of the, the grab or the ask is. And my feeling is like, well, it's just about, you know, doing anything I can to make that happen. And that's visual storytelling, but also the oral storytelling. Which has been pretty amazing. So in how do you incorporate the visuals? Are you are you the illustrator or? So a lot of times, yes, I do. I'm sort of like soup to nuts, like con I say sort of concept to completion. 
So I will, you know, basically a client comes with a script and, or if no script, then at least they, you know, have the thing they want to promote or sell or, um, or story to share. And then it's me saying, okay, let's, what are the visuals that are going to go with that? You know, what illustrations do I need to make? Or, you know, what visual graphics do you have? You know, do you have a logo? You know, how are we going to incorporate your branding into this? And in many ways, the way I say it is like, if you have got a product to sell or a story to tell. So it's like, if you're a company promoting a a product or service, or if you're a nonprofit and you want to share like your story or your mission statement, you know, in a a visual way. Um, So sometimes they don't really have a lot of visuals. And so I have to come up with the visuals that are going to help support that story. Um, And sometimes they come to me and they are like, okay, we already have a storyboard. We've got the visuals. We're done. We just need you to make it move. And I'm like, okay, I can do that too. So, so let me ask you a question. I mean, right now, there seems to almost be a trend about people telling their story and there being narratives and, and so on. How, how, do, how do you, you know, for you, what is a story and how does that, how does that you know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you break down a, a story? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you know, what's, what's the impetus? What's, you know, what made this organization or nonprofit or company happen, right? So if it's a nonprofit and, you know, their, their thing is about, you know, getting, you know, food sources to those who are hungry. And it's like, okay, well, how did that come about? Was that, you know, from the person who founded it? Was it because, you know, they were, you know, food scarce as a child, or did they see food scarcity when they were traveling, you know, either uh, domestically or, or abroad, you know? And so it's like, okay, so, you know, what, where's, where's the, where's the angst or the, the, the need or, or, or what causes them to feel like, okay, we need to, you know, solve this problem. Right. It's so much about problem solving. Um, okay. Right. So it's like, let's figure out, you know, and, and, and it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. It could be like, well, we've got this new app and we're going to promote this app. And this app is solving X, Y, and Z problem. And my job is to like show sort of that, how the app works and why the app is making things so much easier. So it's it's so funny. I think creatives in general are amazing problem solvers because you, that's what you do. I mean, it comes through out my life. So late, I would ask the question to both of you guys, what are the, where else is problem solving really help? You know, because you do this work that involves problem solving all the time. I want to hear Layton's answer first. Um, yeah, I think I just I, I want to just say that like out there as a creative, I think clients are their worst enemy. I'm going to say that on our podcast. <laughs> okay. Right, and I, I, I am. I'm your clients watching. I, yeah, because I th- they they're their own worst enemy. Let let me let me rephrase it. Only because problem solving, like you, sometimes there are actually not, a, there's not a problem, right? But there's just like this a kind of an answer. And if we just kind of log- logically, so there's so many different ways to approach it. Is it a poetic response to a problem or is it a practical? And sometimes for design, since I, uh, since I dwell in this space, in this kind of environmental space where people are perceiving and maybe their moods are changed by the color of that wall, right, that is painted, I would say that I solve a series of problems for a set series of conditions. You know, like, I don't solve all the problems, but what I can do is say, 
oh, we believe that through painting this wall reflective and then making the floor light and the ceiling dark, this is how you will respond to this space, you know? So um, I see it as a series of multiple solutions, problem solving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, you, and I'll give, I'll give you my answer after. Um, I'm, 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 so, I'm so wowed in by Layden's answer and like thinking of all these spaces with the dark ceiling and the light walls and reflective. I, I, I want to like walk into this space right now. Um, so uh, problem solving. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's there. There are multiple levels of the problem solving um, in that. OK, it's the problem solving of, you know, working with the, the you know, the client, whatever they're trying to sort of figure out with the project they're hiring you for. Sometimes it's the technical problem solving. It's like, OK, they gave me these files. They don't work. I I can't make them work with the animation software I'm using. So there's some technical problem solving that happens. Um, then there's there, there could also be a financial problem solving in that they want to do X, Y and Z project, but they have A, B and C budget let's figure out how we can solve that problem. You know what I mean? So, and you're absolutely right in that. I mean, I think in the grand scheme of the, the world, you know, problem solving is is really what makes in many ways, uh, uh, you know, if you have those skills, you know, can make a person successful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I find that problem solving, and I don't, I don't even call it problem solving. I am a person who likes to stay in solution. So as soon as I see a problem, <laughs> I am always in solution right away, which is it has its good parts and its bad parts because sometimes I overlook the fact that there is a problem. Mm. And, and I will see, you know, because I'm always in solution. And just, you know, how I was even early on in my career, it's always how do I get to see a client? You know, how do I get this job done? How do I get into a building that I need to get into? So I'm always in solution. But sometimes there is a problem that is outside of solution. and um, and you know, then once in a while, I'll get tripped up by that by not acknowledging the problem as, as opposed to just staying in the solution. But in general, I think about it as being in solution. Hmm. You know, That's one great. of the things that, that I want to ask, um, to both of you then is I think for a large part of my career, I've been stuck in maybe my in, in ego fantasy and kind of um poetry like, oh, I want people to think about me this way in my work. And so you guys are bringing up something for me, which is what do, do, or do in your creative practice, Shireen and, and, and Ed, do you, what's your, what's the go, what's, what's, what's the go-to when, like I see, I, I immediately start thinking before, before I even know about the budget, Shireen, I'm, I'm overspending. I'm with, with, with the, the designs that I'm coming up with, I'm overspending. So I'm wondering, where do you go? when you when you meet someone or is it more logical like i'm going to listen i'm going to hear or do you project um well that's a complex question is plural with his pot with complex yeah, but you but you understand like i want yeah. people to ask the questions that don't get asked yeah Lane yeah you know it's good it's good so i mean i was first i would say with like every project and every client, it's different that there isn't, I, I'm not immediately kind of going to this one place. Um, right. But I would say that, you know, one thing that for me is it kind of happens is that because I am coming from a long, long history and years of working in music and sound, 
that what I often want to do on a project is I immediately want to go pick out the music. I want to pick oh. out the, the voiceover actor and I want to pick out the, the sound effects. And um, that's definitely not the typical way of working in visual graphics. And so, you know, that sometimes if I'm collaborating with somebody that kind of trips them up. Um, but like I'm, I, I'm collaborating a lot with um, a videographer at a large healthcare company, but he's worked with me now for so many months that like when he asks me to do a project and I'm like, do you, do you have the music track yet? He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I knew you were going to ask me for it. I've already got it. I, I don't know. I haven't picked which one yet, but I have three options. I'm just going to send you all three. And if you want to animate to just, you know, one of them, go ahead. And so he gets it. And that's like, obviously a great working relationship, you know, that he understands I am coming from this, for me, it's this, this oral experience that I, I want to be constantly bringing in the rhythm from what you're going to be hearing to the visuals. That's beautiful. Ed, what, what, where, where's your, where's your go-to on a, on a project? Uh, um, I'm like really approach. straightforward. I, and, and you, you guys know me fairly well. I go like, what is going to make this great? That's it. You know, it's, okay. I keep, uh, even my questions here tend to be some, I tend to go really simple. Probably not the most poetic way. You are a poet, Lane, which is what I always love about our conversations. And for me, it's really, how do I make this great? And that's my go-to. And I, then I start doing a step-by-step. -step. Hey, I need to get here. I need to be in this spot. I need to do this at this time of day. You know, all the things that will make it great. And then it, you know, sometimes it ends up as a mess. And then you sort of put the pieces together. And I, I sort of thrive in that messiness sometimes, that life is messy. Right. Because life is messy. And, Good way um, to tie it back to the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah, life is messy. Shireen started the day off with what could be defined as messy. Well, for Shireen, she has the advantage. This is the middle of the day for her already. Oh, we're, really? we're at nine o'clock. I've been up since Wait a minute. Is that, is that actually true? Yeah, I've been up since six. My kids woke me up. My my daughter wanted actually my daughter wanted to share with me the fashion designs that she yeah. drew at six a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thought that it was a good. Shereen's had ten conversations already, and I don't usually start talking until ten o'clock in the morning. We're not yeah. there yet, so yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Ed and I, and, you know, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna just go in there for these personal places. Um, and you say stop it, lady. None of your business. Um. Okay. You know, the we do Ed and I were talking about that. You know, Ed Ed does have a stepson and I I don't have a I don't have children. And I'm starting, you know, I'm, I'm you know, right now I've turned into a, a certain age and you know I'm reflecting back on a on a life. Um now you have three what I understand are young children. Yeah, they're four, eight, and ten. Yeah, I mean, so how does that change? Like the 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 maybe the girl woman before the children and the and this now woman who has these beautiful children or your children that you love. How has that changed emotionally your stake in the create in in in, in being creative? It sort of changes everything and, mm. and also changes nothing, probably. I mean, in the sense that like <laughs> I want to work really hard to still be me and still be creative and still do what I love to do. But it changes everything in the sense that, you know, um, when I'm earning money, I'm not just earning money for me. I'm earning right. money to send my kids to camp and send my kids to, you know, Taekwondo and ballet class. Um, you know, so the, there's the financial um, impetus. 
Um, but then there's also the, you know, before when I wanted to achieve things and accomplish things, it was like, I, I wanted to do this just for me, whereas it definitely opens it up now. I want to do this to, you know, for my kids and right. to, to leave sort of almost like a legacy and a lesson and be, you know, a, an example for them, um, showing them, you know, what's possible. Um, and it was funny because I just recently returned from travels in Europe where my film was touring and a couple of my friends were like, oh my God, I think it's so amazing. Your kids must be so thrilled that you're going around the world showing your film. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't even think they get it. I don't think, I, don't think they, they have no clue. They, well, all they see is like mommy's away. That's, right. Of course. Well, I think it's like probably rock stuff. People who are, are musicians, their kids listen to their music. Probably not. Totally. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, whenever I do hear stories of like really famous people and like their kids, like it definitely takes until like they're at least adolescents, if not young adult years for their kids to really get it. Right. 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 That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And my four-year-old was really, she's like, you're on an airplane. That's it. She was, all she understood was an airplane. Like that was exciting. Has she been on an airplane? She has, but she doesn't remember it. So she's so jealous. She's like, <laughs> well, your seven year, I saw your seven year old hold up camera and she looks like she's going to be an artist. Uh, yeah, she's, this is the one who was doing the fashion drawings. This morning, right, so right. Yeah. So yeah, she's definitely so, like a little bit my creative. So, and now when she does it, do you encourage, do you encourage us as a mom knowing the challenge of being uh, creative? Oh, absolutely. There's definitely none of this like, oh, you need to be like a doctor or a lawyer. Like, definitely. I don't really oh, that was my God. follow God. your passions. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, do we yeah. do we encourage them to do it joyfully? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Joy, but fun. It's like if the creativity becomes not fun, then it's going to suck a little bit the life out of it. So this yeah. this is a challenge because my I really want to get my daughter to try piano lessons and we've been trying off and on last three years and she hasn't really taken to it and um, we're doing it a little bit more this summer. Um, she's getting but we're bringing the joy and the fun back into it. So that's helping. Yeah. Are, you, are you forcing her to? No, do I'm that? not. That's the okay. thing. <laughs> right. I always. I want that's to why, make sure. I wanted to. Yeah, make no, sure. no, no, and that's why I, I I'll, I'll have her do lessons for a few months and when I realize like she's not really doing it she's not really practicing she's not coming sort of to the table so to speak or actually coming to the piano and, and practicing and playing I'm like all right we're gonna stop right. and I wait until she comes to the piano and then when I see her start to noodle around and play I'm like oh you want to do like a little like mommy lesson now she's like oh, yeah that, let's do it and then she's excited yeah, yeah that is amazing I call that joy and Shereen and I Shereen and I have gone back and forth about joy for months and months at a time I think, right? oh yeah that, that, I, I believe that's somewhat of a more sensitive topic, right? right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that was code for private. Um, no, no, I don't. I, I, I can talk about it. Um, yeah, please, Joy. Like, I'd love to talk to you about Joy. No, I, I think that Ed has kind of pushed me a little bit to, um, to really find the the joy and fun in creativity because now that my business is my bit, you know, or my creativity is now my business. Right. That he's like, you know, what are you doing to be creative, joyfully creative? Mm. Um, and so he's, he's kind of um, 
kind of pushed me a little bit on that. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I can relate to that. I think, um, you know, that makes me think of, an, I don't know why, self-care. Like, yeah, a little bit. Right? Like, all of a sudden, yeah, sorry, Ed, did you have a yeah, question? Joy has a lot of different meanings. Well, you know, when I go out and photograph, it's not, it's not always fun. You know, I'm carrying 30 pounds of equipment, I'm climbing on a roof, um, you know, it's, you know, sometimes, and there's lots of challenges involved, um, but there's an inner joy of this is what I get to do with my life. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I I do enjoy, and you know what? Even the business part of the business, I I don't mind that much. I I don't know. It's like the I, whether it's you know, like uh, logging the the bills and the receipts. Like I actually kind of don't mind it. It's I don't know. It's interesting. can I tell you something, yeah. Serene? I have learned to actually love it. I've actually learned to love and enjoy talking about the numbers. I think that is something that for literally 50 years I avoided. <laughs> you know. And so it's really, you know, you talking about the financial part of it earlier a little bit. And I don't think it's a bad idea to talk about because it's just where I'm at and Ed knows where I'm at. So um, by the way, one of the reasons that we're all here is because I mean, I'm here is because um, Ed is a dear friend of mine and he happens to be a coach. And I, yeah. he and I have collaborated together and I'm, I'm, I'm very, very deeply grateful for the work we did together. Um, so I continue to do. So the question that I have is um, like, the, is, is, is the, fi the financial part of our, like the value, like creativity and value. Are you, you know, what, what do you, you know, like, are you aspirational for making 10 times the amount more with bigger clients or is your creativity kind of self-contained and is warm right now? And it's just exactly at the scale you want it and need it to be, or what's your vision? I want to run the world. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I want to be your no. co-runner. Co yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I think I do want to keep, uh, keep getting bigger and better and, um, more and more and more and more. Um, yeah. And I think, um, I think that does partly come from like the kid thing and that, like, you know, I, I want, like, for me, one of the biggest things is like, I, I want to make more money so I can like take my kids and travel around the world like that. You know, it's like, that's probably the tightest, <clears throat> tightest thing on the budget right now. Um, so, so yeah, it's, I, I would love to just keep getting bigger projects, better projects, bigger clients, more, get more value. I mean, and that's the thing. I'm not like, oh, I want to work 90 hours a week. No, of course like no, that. Right, and that's right, the thing. Right. So it, it does become, well, I want to increase my value so that I am making more money and not working more hours. Exactly. So, so, really? uh, so that, yeah, so I mean, the conversation creatives have all the time is about value and values. Yes. And, um, Shereen, do you have a story for us? I know you do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. About, you know, about your values. And I don't know how it turned out, but I know you had something recently. Um, do you want to go through that a little bit? Sure. Um, a client had reached out to me about working on a project and we kind of went back and forth over email and text. And of course, this is while I was overseas. So it was not easy to do it because I was kind of in a different time zone. Um, but 
<clears throat> you know, she didn't really give me her budget. She just said, what's your day rate? How many days? And I was like, okay. So I responded back and um, she had said, okay, that's fine. But you know, it's not gonna be with the junior animator. Right. And I was like, well, okay. Did something happen to you with a junior animator? Because I might bring somebody on to do this project. And I don't even consider the freelancers that I bring on, you know, my, my juniors, I, I simply see them as, you know, collaborators that I bring on for projects when sort of my plate gets full and their, their, their skills are just as good as mine. And so, um, so she responded, yeah, you know, we worked on a project with a client and their junior animator did it and it didn't go well. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, that's not going to happen. I'm going to guarantee you that it's, the project's going to be great, um, whether I do it or one of my freelancers and here's my rate. And so she's like, okay, I'll get back to you. And then a week later, she got back to me and she's like, uh, we went in another direction. And I just replied and I said, oh, is that because of my rate? And she said, replied and said, yeah, a bit. Yeah. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. And so, um, you know, for like kind of a, well, longer than a split moment, maybe like several <laughs> moments. Tell me, tell um, me. Maybe, okay, time. like three days. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I was like, oh man, like I should have negotiated. I should have, I should have like done half my rate. You know, I don't know. I tried to play that, you know, that game and, you know, maybe we can eventually get that three days down to three minutes. Um, but, but after the three days, whatever, you know, I kind of was like, no, like I'm get like, if I'm so desperate for the work, yes, I would have come kind of like crawling back and been like, okay, I'll lower my rate. But it's like, I am getting enough work. And I mean, obviously I do always want to be getting more work, but I don't getting more work at a lower rate is not the right choice. Um, and so that's what you so know, you're so you're what your value is. Oh yeah, but Absolutely. but I, I but Ed, I got to pause because I think I've also had this kind of moment where this week Ed helped me with exactly the same situation, and so it's scary. You're yeah. on a precipice, and you're going. I'm either that person who devalues himself so that I'm validated, or I'm that person who's actually on the other side of the bridge. You know arrived and present you know what I mean like yeah. I know I've, I've yeah. negotiated against myself for much of my career yeah I, I can admit it's coming to an end but I gotta say coming to an end Layden has blown his business up and his career and his creativity he's, and he's an amazing writer he is just like amazing that we're at the point where now I have to call his assistant to get in touch with him. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got, I've got assistants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no problem. And I want multiple assistants. As, right. as we control the and, world, Serena, but, not all of us can answer the phone. So, wait, yeah, no, goes, you can still reach me. You, you yeah, can still get, yeah. I, don't, I don't have that yet. Yeah, Lane goes like this to me one day. He said, you know, I need you to text me before you call me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Is that a horrible thing? Only because you no, know it was like, great. what I no, don't want to no, do boundaries. You know what I no, but it's not only a boundary. I get three phone calls while I'm on the call, on a call. So it's like, am I supposed to get off the call now? I don't know. Am I I hate call waiting. I think call yeah, waiting was like the worst invention. Like that's back what we say. You know, like, right? like how am I gonna treat this person? How's that person's value gonna feel if I but so I was like, you know, leave me a message. And I'll definitely get back to it because I cannot listen to voicemails. That is definitely de changed in our lifetime. 
You know how many times my mom puts me on hold and like says, I have to go to this call now. And I'm like, seriously, if my mother can't even like make me feel the value on a phone call. 100%. 100%. I'm with you, Layden. That's totally true. It's very frustrating. So yeah, just text before. It's great. Just text before. I'll be get. That's my assistant. My virtual assistant is my texting. The, um, it's like new call waiting, right? New call waiting is text me before and I text you back while I'm on the call saying, call me later. Right. Or I'll call right. you right. Well, my point is that both of you guys, or all three of us has grown as creatives and we're in not survival mode most of the time, but in really in thriving mode. What are the qualities? Quali- we each have different qualities. What are the qualities you think that you have that, you know, like Shereen and I can say, you're, I'm going to just say you have a real heavy duty competitive nature uh yeah that's true i probably wouldn't say that about myself but of course when you say it i'm like oh yeah that's true (laughs) um you know one thing that actually has made me a little bit better about in terms of my own value and not you know taking any client who pays me any amount is this recent personal project because i had the opportunity to do this personal project when there was no work during the pandemic for like six months. And so I had a ton of time to do that. Not, not actually, I didn't have a ton of time. I was taking care of three children at home. who didn't have school to go to, but I was, you know, I had this, you know, creative urge that I needed to keep being creative and I wasn't getting client work. But now that I've done that and I've seen how much joy it's brought to me, as well as other people who have enjoyed my film, it's made me realize that if I don't have, you know, a project going on, if I can be using my time to work on another personal project, then that's better than taking some project that is at half my value. Right, 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 right. I think that's really smart for the, for the person out there. I think what's really wonderful about that, I don't, um, I think so for someone who's listening, you know, this, this, this creativity, the, the balance between valuing ourselves, I mean, so much about our validation as creatives, not only from the poetic or the spiritual part, which is like, oh, you love me enough to like hire me. And then there's this part where, you know, you're getting paid for something and we have to take care of whether it's three children, solo, five children, you know, and, 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 and parents, you know, who knows? But um, yeah, I think that um, yeah, I definitely am in in a in a zone right now of of finances, value, and moving to this you know to another place. Well, I think, I, but but I, but I have another. I have a question. I I have some a question Ed, for one second. I just I just thought about geography, and you had named like I just want to talk about technology for a moment. Um, you had mentioned um, because we were talking about text messages and stuff, but you were talking about continental like things are being shown physically in places where are your, are your, are your stop motion? Is, is it, um, it clearly it's on the, it's on the internet and it's being dispersed digitally as well. Correct. Yes. I mean, the short film that I did, I, I, it's not really shown right now on the internet okay. or masses because of the film festival rules oh, um, oh, oh, for oh, the I most see. part. So, yeah. you know, the trailer is on my Vimeo page and my website right now. Um, and, you know, obviously you can see other pr- client projects who where the clients have given me permission to share them. So, you know, uh, a lot of my work can be seen online. And the is film it- is, and the film is cool for you. Yes. And it is about climate change is beautifully animated. And 
was it inspired by having kids in the state of the world or what like a what little bit i mean basically let's see if i have the book here um oh, it's over there all right um basically uh there was this children's book called cool for you that a friend of mine told me about and i ordered it and i read it to my kids and i thought it was so beautiful and they really liked it and they thought the illustrations were beautiful they wanted to hear the book again and but i was stuck i mean at the time we were in lockdown and it was like you know don't go outside don't you know interact with people and and but i saw these illustrations and they were so beautiful and i was like I see these illustrations moving, you know, it was pictures of birds and butterflies and trees and the wind and leaves. And, but it was an illustration. It was static, but I was like, no, I see the leaves falling and the branches moving and um, the bird fly, you know, flying through the, the wind. And so it was like, I wanted to bring that illustration to life and to breathe life into it. And so I contacted the author and the illustrator and I was like, can I, can I do this? Can I make your book into a film? And um, the author was a climate scientist at Harvard and she was thrilled with, you know, she was kind of moved on from the project. So she was like, yeah, go ahead and give me the legal rights. And then the illustrator, she was a little bit trepidatious about it at first. She basically said, okay, I'll do this, but I'm only going to give you a page of the illustrations at a time for you to animate. And then you need to send me the animation you know, after each page, which is not exactly, you know, the best way to do an animation, you know, imagine if somebody gave you a script for a film and you're like, just do the first scene. And then, <laughs> right. So, um, but after like three or four pages and every time I sent her the little extra 10, 15 seconds of animation, she's like, okay, this is really good. And she gave me the rest of the book. Right. Right. Well, I think, I think that's, I think there's a very interesting, like artist collaboration basically is what you're talking about. Like something that was once static is now vibrating. You know, yeah, yeah. vibration by Shireen, you know? I don't know if I would say vibrations by Shireen. Uh, we can say movement. Uh, movement by Shireen. Well, I always movement. see it. I always see it a little bit when I see those. I don't know. I feel like a, yeah, okay, fine. Movement by Shireen. Thank you. <laughs> were, they, were, were your collaborator, you know, the, the illustrator and the book person really happy with the results at the end? They were very happy. I mean, there was, I mean, it was funny. There wasn't constant collaboration that, you know, we didn't check in like every week, you know, for, for months and months, it was kind of like, okay, once I had sort of had the initial calls, it was great. And then, um, started getting the pages. And then once I sort of got the entire book, I then finished the entire thing. And then, you know, basically sent to them and said, what do you think? And they're like, this is great. Go. Do, do whatever you want, what you know, it was, and I was like, I'm going to enter it into film festivals. And I mean, it was kind of, there was a little bit of a, a step up in process in that, okay, here's the film, it's done. I think I want to get into film festivals. Are you okay with that? And, yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. So then, okay, I submitted to a bunch of film festivals and then I actually got into film festivals and I was like, okay, it's going to be screened in, you know, Seattle and New York and Geneva and Oxford, you know, do you know anybody in those places you want to, you know, bring? <laughs> Right. Um, and it's funny, it hasn't been in the cities where either of them live, but for example, in Brooklyn, um, one of the um, friends of the illustrator came to the festival and saw the film there. So that was great, you know? Amazing, amazing. And, and, and the question, uh, yeah, it is amazing. And the question when you started out, what are the qualities you need to, you know, keep this going? I think with Layton, what I see with you all the time is your resiliency. We've been here doing this for 20, 30, 40, I mean, I've been doing 40 years. You need a certain amount of metal and I guess resiliency at the same time. Do you want to talk about that, Layton, a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, I think we all have it. Ed, you certainly 
you certainly have it. You know, um, I'm on, I'm actually I'm going to comment a little bit on Ed a little bit. Um, not that this is like a, a smoke blowing session, but at the same time, it's I have to acknowledge that Ed is really without being competitive, which is sometimes male and toxic. You know what I mean? He's like, let's do it. We're doing it like, you know, we're we're getting it done. We're cutting through it and we're not going to listen to the noise as we do it. So um, resiliency for me has been just like. I have got to make this work. It's almost a part of my stubbornness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've been doing this and, you know, I want to just be completely transparent. I, 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 I work in a pretty exclusive. And what does that mean? Code racist, systematically racist, exclusive caste, socioeconomic disaster of an industry called interior design and architecture. And, um, you know, it's had to, it's been hard to re recognize that really when those industries were at their, in, in their, in their, in their inception, they didn't have a, a person like me as part of their, of the, the matrix, you know what I mean? That it wasn't supposed to be, you know, an African-American man from the Caribbean in the industry. So as part of that, also now my resilience is like, God damn it, I'm staying no matter what now, <laughs> you know? And, you know, I'm gonna leave a legacy of how we participated and how I can participate in this industry so that we can, I can contribute. So, some, so a lot of my resiliency is connected to service. And, and, uh, and you're pretty innovative. Like right now you're in the process of changing how your, your business is going. Oh yeah. And it's, we, we know each other's business pretty well. So, and, um, and Layton knows mine pretty well, so. I'm like, Shereen, do you have a question for us? I feel yeah. like we've been actually, we told you it was a conversation, yet we've been interviewing you mostly. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd be really interested in learning a lot more about you, Layden, because I know it a little bit better. Um, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, I mean, how many, like, how many people are working for you now? How did you <laughs> go from being like, just Layden the guy to Layden the guy with four assistants or three freelancers, you know, like, how, and how, did, oh my God. How did it happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, what, 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 so I have, and, and also where, where is it at now? So I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, first of all, I'm an interior designer and interior and architectural designer. Um, that is the top level name, um, title, but I, we, we really a multidisciplinary office. We're, tr we're, we're really, that's where we're headed. So experiential, you know, immersive, many different ways of environmental design. Um, so how did I go? I think what happened, um, I have to contribute a lot of this to, you know, in, in 2020 with, with, with uh, BLM and the kind of, and the kind of um, energy that was being put in and refocused on identifying Black professionals globally, and certainly in, in my industry, it was a reckoning. And so a lot of attention came and all of a sudden I had a lot of opportunities that I had never had. And so in you, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, and, you know, and, and honestly, I don't, you know, I, I, um, as I needed work, as I needed support, I received support. So I had been teaching. And so I grabbed um, two of my best master's degree students out of New York school of interior design. And I said, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I need, I need help. And, um, and they were, and I had already kind of 
mentored them and I could see what they what they what they what their capa- their capabilities were and their strengths and their weaknesses and they you know they fit really well so I have two full-time people and two part-time individuals who support um, a studio director a design associate or junior designer in that hierarchical way um, and I have someone who's working on business development and because I, I these are the things I, I identified the things that I really hate to do Right. And I'm going to have other people support me to do that. And Ed has been really great about that, too. So and then I have now the final part of the piece is this person who's come on. They're like an intern um, to do the social media because I hated spending six hours creating one post on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, so, also, I think I think you just changed your business and that you actually got a rep. Oh, so recently I got a business manager. I got a business manager and a rep. Now, what does that mean? I is he you know, his he, business. <laughs> he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna take care of the business. And I'm what? So my vision, wow. Shereen, sitting next to you on the throne of the world, is that I don't, and 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 I don't. I only deal with design, and art. I only really focus on the poetry. That is what my my heart. Is that's why I'm sitting here with you guys this morning. I want to focus. I my biggest dream and vision is that I only deal with poetry all day long. Poetry and people. That's a poem. That's a poem. Well, he did amazing. Right, he wrote something that was to that effect, and he read it to me the other day, and it was like amazing. I was like, wow, you should be writing. Yeah, Hayden, do you do like guest blog posting and? and writing articles and submitting I have written, I've written a couple of I've written a couple of articles I've contributed to some of uh, to some of them one of them was about around regarding taste I can certainly share that with you and um at for uh town and country and um yeah I'm I'm, I'm I, I would like more of those opportunities because I really want to focus on thought leadership industry leadership more so than this grind of like you know no, no, no. For people that are listening to me, I love a good fabric on a sofa, but I really don't care <laughs> that much about the fabric on your sofa. Yeah, I, no, I, you know, you, 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 does that make sense? Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. And I, I, I can relate to this a lot and not obviously not in race, but in gender. For me, it's like I'm in a male dominated uh, industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am a woman and proud to be a woman. And so it's um, I'm, I feel like I'm coming it from it from it with a unique voice. And I have written about it and I've done a couple of blog posts and articles and really tried to, to share um, my story and my perspective and my situation and, and try and be, like you said, a thought leader. It's exactly right. Um, and um, so to me, that's like if I'm going to not be doing the. The, the animating, the creative, then I want to be writing about my experience. Yes, same. As you could tell, Shereen is a Zoom queen here over here, and she wrote it. She wrote a, an article about you're a great communicator oh. on online. You know, doing uh, the you know through the Zoom, you know, app or or FaceTime. You're really amazing at connecting with people in a way that is not easy. Because you're not in person with them, but you you you've sort of excelled in Zoom. Yeah, it really to me is the same. It's like whether I'm talking to you in person or I'm talking to you over Zoom, it's the same. Like I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give the same amount of me. So I just assume the other person is. And so to me, it's like 
there's a, an immediate level of comfortability. And so, you know, and of course I know that that's not true. There are a lot of people who are sort of like holding back maybe more when they're online. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the same. I mean, I, I worked with Ed as a, as a, he was my coach for six months, I think before we met in person. Um, oh, I so. see. You started off digitally. Yeah. 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 We never met. I, well, and then finally, I mean, actually I feel like we worked together online for six months. Then I didn't like maybe talk to him for like four or five months. And then we finally saw each other at like a happy hour event. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. it was a networking event. I was like, Oh my God, you're so tall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could tell he was tall from the way he's sitting too, but still, I mean, it was like, you know, whatever, but he was the same person. It was like my conversation with him. And, and that was the other thing is that like, then when we met in person, it wasn't like, oh, this is awkward. I don't know how to interact with you because you're a flesh and body. You know, it's like, no, it's the same. Like, um, you know, it's. Yeah, I'm going to bring up a point, but you, but you are a person, not even a but, but I'm going to say, you are a person who believes in tribe. You have, you go to, you go to classes, you go, you have coaches, you work with speaking coaches, you work with all different kinds of people to get your skill level up. It takes I, a village. That's what it right. takes a village. But you are the you are the epitome of it takes a village. And can you talk about that for creatives coming up? And oh. and I'll talk about it in late and also talk about it a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I think it's when I say it takes a village, you know, that's usually referred to to parenting. And right. but I to me it's like you're parenting your business, you're parenting your work, your career, your creativity. And so it's like, why, why do that by yourself? Um, and I mean, yes, there is something maybe, you know, romantic or incredible about, you know, locking yourself in a room or a cabin and, you know, struggling until you come out with, you know, your great American novel or, or, orchestral piece or whatever. Um, but, but it's also, well, there's nothing wrong with, with working and collaborating with people or using people as sounding boards, um, and, you know, having people to sort of talk about your struggles, um, I think it's it's super helpful. And um, when I was traveling in Geneva last month uh, for my film festival, I met another filmmaker there who was American, but he lives in Spain and he had a film in the competition. And we really connect. First of all, it was so nice to have another person that speaks English. Um, so there was obviously a huge connection there. Then we found out we're both animators, huge connection there. Then we found out we're both married. We both have kids. Um, so, you know, there's, there was multiple levels of connection. And, you know, by the end of the weekend, we were saying goodbye. And I said to him, I was like, you know, I'm kind of working on another film. And I know you are too. I was like, why don't we kind of be like some accountability partners and like, wow. let's just like connect, you know? And of course he texted back 15 minutes later and he's like, how's your film going? Are you working on it yet? It's like, how am I doing? I I haven't left my room yet. Yeah. Um, No. So he's got a good sense of humor too about it. Um, So, you know, that was great. So it's like, I came home from my trip. I decided to just do like a first initial draft of my storyboard just to get something out there. And I sent it to him and he gave me some feedback. So it's like, if I didn't have that accountability partner, I don't know, it might've sat in my head for another six months or something. Right, right, right. Have so, you ever read any? Have you ever done the artist way? I don't know why I thought about that. Yeah, you know, I had the book sitting on my shelf for like <laughs> ten years, and then I had to move across the country, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let it go. I'm just you let, I'm, you let the artist way go. Yeah, I did. I was oh, like, that's oh. okay. No, no, no. I I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. <laughs> if I didn't I, crack I, it open in like ten years, it's like the 
the uh, who, who's the the Japanese woman with the Marie Kondo, Kondo. Marie Kondo right? Kondo, yeah. It's like if this piece of clothing isn't bringing me joy, no, no, no I got that vibe from it immediately. Uh, like, like if you're not gonna pick it up, you're not gonna read it right now. Let it go. Yeah, and yeah, it'll come. It'll come. It'll be on like a used bookshelf one day at some store. I'm walking through, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give it another try. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Is, is there a piece of advice you'd give to anybody about? About what? Be about specific. and and taking classes and in, increasing your skill level. I mean, do it all. That's that's my advice. No, I mean, I mean, no, but I I think find the right time or the right place or the right person or class to you know whether it's finding a mentor, finding a coach, finding a class. I mean, I think all those things are important, and I've done all those things. Um, I didn't do them all at the same time, and a lot of times one led to the other. I can actually give you the, the perfect trail. Like I decided to take a class like at NYU. It was great. I started working with the teacher who was in that class one-on-one outside of the NYU system. And then, you know, she got me really good in my skills. And so I started getting better. And then I started working and collaborating with Uh, multiple videographers who needed animation on their projects. And then one of those videographers, I said, Hey, do you know anyone who's a good creative coach? And she's like, Oh yeah, I know this guy, Ed. And that led to Ed. I mean, you just, it's like, you've got to just get onto the path. You've got to take that single step and see and let it lead you. It's, it's a combination of letting it lead you and you leading it and seeing where those opportunities are. That was a really long answer. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think for me, the word is humility. Like I, like, you know, like it takes a village comment about children. Like I, 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 I was, I'm your, I'm your, 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 your stubborn brick, you know, banging head against the wall for years, like stop banging your head, you know? And so like, um, you know, just, just, just the idea of Layden, you don't know what you don't know. Like th- that was a miracle. Like you don't know what you don't know. You need help. Like ask somebody for help. And so like just take the countering all of those things like from my, my, my past and the way I was trained as a young man, you know, or young person and like letting those things go so that I can actually let in mentorship, mm. you know, and I can let in guidance, which, which, which a lot of, you know, you, we, 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 we got it. We touched on, I don't think we'll be able to, we'll, we'll have you back on around gender and race. Like, so all of that stuff around boys should be able to deal with everything by themselves or whatever, you know, whatever shenanigans are in my head, you know, about why I didn't reach out. And so really get becoming humble and recognizing I'm going to get better through of showing vulnerability, Mm -hmm. not the opposite. Right. Yeah, no. Um, and you're uh, you are amazing at vulnerability. I've learned so much from vulnerability from Layden, and it has definitely opened me up. Because you are you just you're just so open all the time. And you know, the question I was asked: where does it help you and where does that hurt you sometimes? But the but you but I've learned so much from you. And you know, so you, so even though we've done a certain kind of relationship. You have been an amazing influence, just like Shereen has been an amazing influence. You know, I, I, I was saying to her yesterday, well, you know, we we're talking about doing this, that I just missed talking to her. 
you know, and she said, well, you just call. And she's right. But text but first. But text first. Exactly. Right. The, uh, and so, so my mentors started. So I actually want to do acknowledgement of my mentors. My first one was Carl Phillips when I was 16, who turned me on to Laura Nero and the Grateful Dead. And he played guitar. And he's the first person who made me think I could be a creative. And then it was Gary Liftenstein, who's also been on the on our podcast. Um, and he, I felt like if I followed this guy around, who knew he was going to be an artist. Then it came from a book, which was Gordon Parks. He, I never, I actually met him later in life. But when I saw his book, he was a mentor. And then when I was struggling in photography, I said to myself, you know what? I got to go backwards. And my mentor, and I ended up working for him, was Bill Ray, who was an amazing photographer. And I just needed to learn the scales from Bill, you know, and, and you know, and a few different other photographers that were because I, I am the lone wolf, lone wolf. Yeah. And, you know, and and then, you know, when I became a coach, that became, you know, my happy space or my joyful space is getting a creative to get over the 50% mark or the 75% mark, they'll figure out how to get to 100%. But if I get them over that line, that is like such a joyful spot for me. And it is, it has become my tribe pretty much. And, and I've learned much more from them than they could ever get from me. Cause I'm not really, they're learning from themselves, which is what's great about coaching. I, I feel it's a great yeah. business model. Yeah, right. <laughs> they do all the work and you take all the money. That, uh, and, and I get to learn the stuff. I, 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 sometimes, exactly, Shereen. Sometimes, exactly. sometimes you or Shereen will say something to me and I'll be like, oh. I should be paying uh, them. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I, I believe on more than one occasion, my husband has overheard our conversations and he's like, wait a minute, why are you paying Ed? Why isn't Ed paying you? No, there's no question. It's invaluable. It's invaluable. And I appreciate this. Actually, we've done six of that. This is the first time we really mentioned coaching in in our uh, in our conversation. Um, I want to just um, I I I want to ask a a, just just because these are the thoughts that come to my mind. I um, and I just want you to give a one 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 sentence or, or or a few word response. I'm Shireen. I woke up this morning and I don't want to deal with shit. And, and what's my what, response? What, 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 to are that? Gonna, what are you going to? What are you going? What's your finishing sentence on? I woke up this morning. I don't. I got. Deal with I, I, and I don't want to deal with this shit. Um, you finish that story, sentence. So, so my husband and I actually have a term for that. It comes from a book. Uh, it's called Eating Frogs. Okay. Have you guys heard of this book? No. It's it's a big like businessy self help book. Okay. And it's this idea that you you have to eat frogs. Um, I don't know what it's that, but I read the book years ago. But anyway, um, and it's so I think of it as like the like oh my god what what would you have to what would you do if you had to eat a bug you know right I think of like when I watched uh, what was that show uh, Survivor you know you'd see the person like oh my god and you know what it's um, what do they do they they just go they you know walk toward that bug they close their eyes they squint a little bit open their mouth wide and just like just just get it over with and so that to me is my how get up, I, you know, get, up. 
just get up, just yeah. your GTFU, get the fuck up. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Eat the bug, close your eyes and eat the bug. So yeah. the, and that's the thing that I think creatives who make it versus ones who sort of quit and don't make it is just keep moving forward and just have that resilience. I, th I think you're getting back to resilience. I actually have a, a, a quick question because we're sort of, you know, coming to the end a little bit. Like your superpower is storytelling. Your superpower is like you'll do a class and you'll not a class. You'll go on Instagram and do drawings for 100 days in a row. You'll take on those kind of challenges. Yep. You know, so we and your, your superpower is your sound ability. And you, you can actually answer this after Layton also is what is your kryptonite? Oh, jeez. Oh, Layton, you take it first. I'm stuck. <laughs> no, what's what my kryptonite? kryptonite? What is my kryptonite? That is tough. Oh, I don't know. I mean, probably like the old voices in my head, um, because that was the thing I, I worked on with that. And so I would say it's my old older kryptonite it's or shrinking kryptonite um that i'm getting so much better at that and really quieting those voices but you know they're still there they're now let's not call them voices anymore they're murmurs Ooh, oh nice i love that the f up all right i love it um i My still father's still yelling at me though <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel i gotta tell you that it's the crypt it's in my body so i this 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 week i've been doing i got up and i made a practice of like um 40 kettlebell swings and like i like i move my body when i don't my kryptonite is when i don't move my body mm -hmm. it goes directly into my brain chemistry and the murmurs turn into loud speaking voices about all sorts of crap that have nothing to do with reality. Do you get yourself to really work out on a nice regular Well, what basis? I do is like, I, I just grab a kettlebell. When so I, you're not doing like, oh, this hour long workout four days no, a week. No, no, no you're like, doing no, like five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Five minutes, five minutes. Okay, yeah. let's go for a walk. Let's get yeah. out. But only because I do know whatever it is, my chemistry, my body, my physiology, I tend to, if I'm in stasis, I the echo chamber just is... Mm. is is alive and so if i don't move my body um i will be in pro i will create darkness <laughs> i'm guessing there's a um a physiological aspect like there's the like yes. you get the blood flowing it gets more oxygen to your brain and, and blood to your brain Dopamine, adrenaline yeah 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 like let, literally so i would say that my kryptonite in the past has been to disassociate with other things like you know, what are the top things that people, do? you know, food, sex, money, what, what, what do, how do people avoid their lives? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how they do it. Overspend, oversex and drink too much or, or, or use drugs. So um, I have to be very mindful. Like those are not the choices today that I might've made, you know, 25 years ago. It's good to grow up, right? It is good to grow up. It is. And I'm trying to think what my kryptonite is. I think my kryptonite is always like just being satisfied being by myself sometimes and thinking that that's the way to go. And I always, and it's, it's not even being alone. It's, it's, it's a part of me that is a slacker. 
You know, like I am really good at getting stuff done. As Layton said, oh, let's move forward. I am really good at that. But then when it's over, sometimes I will just say, okay, don't do anything, which is fine. There's nothing this is wrong. why you have a house in upstate New York. Right. It's the cabin in the woods. Yeah. still. Yeah. But I want to, I, I just want to say, as we wrap up, I think a lot of people are afraid of stillness, you know, for me. And I, and I, I can pick up on that, you know, like, whoa, <laughs> chill out. It's okay to be, to be contained, you know, without being isolated. You know, you can have stillness. Um, and I know the difference between being isolated and stillness, if that if that makes any sense. Right. But the trick is, is can you get the, just make it so there's nothing in here, just like it's meditation. I meditation. was going to say, there we go. Here's the meditation talk. It <laughs> loves the M word. <laughs> no, it was really funny. Uh, can, can I tell the story? Yes, go ahead, Ed. Go so, ahead. <laughs> so when Shereen was talking to me about coaching and stuff like that, when we were actually, you're not going to be I was interviewing her. Right? I was interviewing you. <laughs> you want to tell, you can tell the story. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, but you can. So she, and I love the word. She said, you're not going to be one of those coaches that does the fruit-fruit things and you, that make me meditate. I said, I'm not going to make you do anything for one. And then you can take the story from here. Uh, yeah. And then, okay. So I did start to try doing meditation and, you know, it was kind of great. Um, but what really was happening coincidentally at the same time was my, my six-year-old who was in first grade at the time, she was um, doing, starting to do meditation in school. And so she was asking me at night to do meditations with her. And oh, so right. it was like, we started doing it together and it was, it was really, you know, I, we have, you know, my meeting the next morning with that. And I'd be like, you know, guess what I did last night? I meditated. Oh with my, my God. That is such a beautiful story. Yeah. I know. Isn't that an yeah. amazing story? I, I was so just blown away. <laughs> no, now I, she's I, eight I, and I doesn't just, want to I meditate just, anymore. Right. What? Now she's eight and doesn't want to meditate. Okay. Anymore. Well then, and then, you know what? She might find it again when the echo chamber gets, you know, all of a sudden I just thought, what if Putin meditated? <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. that just flashed in my head. Like we, so many of us need to meditate, oh, you know? yeah. but again, not pushing our values on other people's practices. So, oh no, Layton. But- I always say to people, like if there was like free mental health care for like the entire planet, we'd have world peace. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, yeah, and yeah. also, and, and not demonize or stigmatize the need for, for to yes. mental health. And I, and I, um, and you know, and I'm, a, I'm, yeah, that's, a, I'm an advocate for all of those modalities of healing. Yep. yep. Yeah. Right. And okay. So, um, and we have any final thoughts here before we start giving out our information, Okay. you know, like websites, what you're working on. Um, any final, Shree, this is, uh, for one, this is amazing having you here. I mean, oh, this is wonderful being here. I love talking to both of you. This is great. Yeah, and uh, so you know, I'm very thankful that you came today. Um, again, you as always, you never let people down in what you communicate. You're just an amazing communicator, amazing storyteller. As is late, and I always learn from you guys what storytelling is about. Um, 
Because and we've they, learned from, and I've learned, and we, I, I, I would, I, I'm speaking for Shereen a bit. We've learned much, much from you, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So oh, yeah. the, so what information do we need to know from you? Your website. Yep. So my website, 87th Street Creative. So here. Oh wait, wrong hand. <laughs> Here's my website, um, 87th street spelled out creative.com. That's my website. And you can connect with me, of course, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, What's, your Instagram, What's your Instagram handle? Uh, either at 87th street creative, but then also I now have at Shereen Strasberg, which is my name, um, spelled out. And so that's also a great way to reach out to me. Um, I love getting emails and direct messages and always open to new collaborations. If you're a children's book publisher, author, or illustrator, I very much welcome the conversation about um, collaborating on turning your book into a film. That's my yeah, big push what, right what, now. What, yeah. What else are you working on? Right? What, what is coming forward? I know you have film festivals. That yep. So there's going to be three festivals in August, uh, one in San Diego, one in Los Angeles, and one in Southern Italy. Um, so I'm not going to any of those. <laughs> so, um, and actually, I just had a screening last night locally here in Long Island. Uh, so that was kind of exciting. Um, so yeah, so there, and there's going to be more festivals coming up in the fall. I don't know the full schedule yet for the fall, but there were definitely be screenings. Um, and then as far as other projects in the works, um, more collaborations with my clients, um, doing some projects with Healthline and I'm doing some logo animations for a couple clients right now. Um, so big projects, small projects in between. Yeah. Um, I'm Layden Lewis, uh, com, And um, what's happening for us right now, we have um, a multifamily development. We're going to renovate a, a building that was originally going to be a um, used as a, one of my client's headquarters. Instead, he's decided to make it into um, a multifamily dwelling. So we're going to start that project and kick that start that project off next week it's it's um it's not as let's say visually popping uh, pop um let's say or fa or fancy materials or anything like that but it, I, I do love this idea of just like getting in there and making a, you know refreshing and, and kind of revitalizing a building that that needs some help so and it's here in brooklyn so i'll it, it's, it's not that far what, what what part of brooklyn are you in I'm in I'm in Williamsburg and this 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 building is in Bedsty. Oh, nice! Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you can reach me at edlettermanphoto.com. Um, also, you could edlettermancoaching.com, and I'm working on a few books right now, which is you know I don't even like talking about it until I get them. They're finished pretty much, and now I just have to get them sold, you know. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, I want to just clarify that Ed Letterman is spelled L E D E R M A N. Yes, uh, not L E T T E R M M A N. Right, that's true. Good clarity. So everyone knows Ed Letterman, and your photo is spelled with a P H. Ed Letterman photo is P H O T O. Yes, there we okay. go. <laughs> 
And that, that's my slacker part that just came in. <laughs> well, it takes a village. Really. And that's right. why you got laden. Just yeah, come on in there. I want, I want you to make sure that everybody body. reaches you. No, yeah. and it is really true. That's where I, like, I get all the work done. Then when it's like touting your own horn, it's like not great sometimes. Um, so, so thank you, guys. This is great. And hopefully we'll have you on again, Shereen. I would love to. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see where this goes. We're really excited. Awesome. I'm so glad you guys are doing this. This is wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful to be here and have this conversation with you guys. And um, I look forward to seeing where this well, the this next time if, goes. If, if there's ever an opportunity for us to meet and have a, I know, a, a drink in a drink, person, a drink, a coffee, lunch in person, the three of us, I'd love that. Oh, Shereen's also sent us six pieces of music. So we're listening to that, you know, because we want to add a little music to the end. So we didn't even talk about our composer side, but she's got the six piece of music. Anyway, you want to hit that button, Layden? <laughs> Sound editing and theme music by Will Ainsley. Brian Rusepko was basically our mentor who really taught us all the technicals, showed us how to get this online. We would not be here without Brian. So thank you, Brian. The logo is by Layden Lewis and Sharon McLaughlin of Mermaid New York City. And um, if you're creative, we would love to hear from you. We would love to, to email us your story. And if we like it, we would love to have you on. Uh, we are looking for creatives to tell their story, what their challenges are, what they love about working in the creative field, what is working for them. Um, so until next time, I hope you guys listen. This podcast is for you. Thanks.